The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing where this holiday season, as every holiday season, we are striving to be your public radio source for the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And today's program is one of my favorite of the year because this is the time of year when I get the opportunity to interview real-life real estate investors about the best and worst deals that they had that they have done in the prior year and have with me today four different guests who won at their at their various real estate associations one best deal of the year best deal of the year by a new investor, most creative deal of the year, and of course the all-important worst deal of the year. Now, this is a pre-recorded program because getting these four folks together all in the same evening was just a, a little too hard to accomplish. So you listeners just sit back, relax, enjoy, get inspired, realize that these are folks that are just like you, and use what they have to tell you to go out and do your own best deals in 2018. My very first guest from from Columbus, Ohio, from the Central Ohio Real Estate Entrepreneurs Group there in Columbus, also known as CORE, is Tansy Mason Phillips, who uh, was the winner um, by acclamation, really, at the, uh, at the uh, CORE December meeting of the best deal of the year by a new investor. And wow, it was a whopper. It was a deal that a lot of a lot of experienced investors would have hesitated to tackle. So, uh, Tansy, um, before we get into the the details of your deal, tell us a little about about yourself. What do you what do you what do you do in real life? Um, you know, obviously this was best deal by a new investor, so you've been only in the investment business for just a little while. But uh, what does the rest of your day look like when you're not investing in real estate? Well, I'm a licensed real estate agent here in the Columbus area for the past 20 years. So I do traditional retail sales Mm -hmm. um, with clients, buyers Mm -hmm. and sellers. Mm -hmm. And what made you decide that I'm gonna I'm gonna move from kind of the retail end of the you know sales end of the business into getting more into buying and selling properties yourself? Well, I have um, a couple rental properties, um, but that was by default, um, you know, from family members or what have you. So I decided to go ahead and go full force into, you know, investing um, to get a little bit more education in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I know that at least for the last uh, 12 to 24 months, your your main focus has been on getting a wholesaling business started. So Correct. Uh, this this deal that you, I, I, and I'm sad that we're on the radio because your pictures of this property were so amazing. You know, maybe you can email them to me and I can get them up on realliferealestate.com so that people can really get the full feel of what this what yes. this property was all about. So so tell us about your deal. Uh, what was it and how did you find it? Um, this particular deal um, was a colleague who had it who said the seller can't sell it. I don't know what to do with it. And I said, I'll take it um, before seeing the property. Um, he did say it was rough. Um, but I didn't know how rough. Mm-hmm. Um, I went out and took a look at the property. It was a four-unit brick. So on the outside of it in the back, looked pretty good. The front of the property looked good as well. Um, then we unlocked the first door, and um, I couldn't get past the front door. Couldn't go into the living room area or the kitchen or upstairs because the ceiling had fell in um, because the property had no roof. Uh huh. Um, so we we only went into, you know, the first unit there, and then we went into the second unit. It was pretty much the same thing. So I opted not to go into the other two units. Uh huh. Uh huh. So this this was not this was not a small roof leak, and it was not something that had only been going on for a few months. This was years of water damage. That's correct. Do you have any feel for how it got into this condition? I mean, why didn't the seller just like fix the roof? Um, the seller was really um, just pretty much standoffish on the property. Tenants had since moved out. They weren't really the landlord-type person. So it, it just, you know, was pretty much abandoned. Mm-hmm. So this was not a seller that you had to, like, you had to, like, really twist their arm to convince them that they needed to sell cheap? No. They, they had to sell. It was in bad shape. And plus they had, you know, high grass that needed to be tended to because of the city. Mm-hmm. So it was in back taxes. So it, it was pretty easy to do. And, and really, really the seller, it wasn't like he had some deep emotional connection to it or thought that it was worth a fortune or any, you know, you run across sellers like that, but this wasn't one of them. No, not at all. And what did you end up putting the property under contract for? $1. One dollar. Uh-huh. Yes. One dollar plus back taxes. So your agreement was I will give you, Mr. Seller, a dollar, but I will also make sure that the property taxes that are owed on this property get paid for in some way or another. That's correct. How much were the property taxes? Um about seven or eight thousand. Mm-hmm. So, and that's 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 actually that's actually a market lesson. Uh, there's some people listening right now in Cincinnati. They're going, "How did they get seven or eight thousand dollars behind in their taxes?" In Franklin County, it's actually not that unusual to see properties that are years and years and years behind in their taxes. Where in Hamilton County, man, you get you get eighteen months behind, and they're foreclosing on your property. So, that's just that you know that that has to do with uh, for listeners like your local market knowledge that that you know your your county is fast or slow in foreclosing for property taxes. Now, a lot of experienced investors would not have been brave enough to go to that seller and say, "Look, dude, I'm going to give you a dollar for your property." How did you get like the guts to do that? Um, actually, I just, you know, got the email address and sent it over and told them when they 
if they had any questions to contact me and actually there were no questions they sent it back over signed but but did you have this feeling like i don't want this that bad so if they turn it down i'm not going to be upset or like like this is what i can pay (laughs) What, what 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 was kind of going on in your head um, I was hoping they signed it, mm-hmm. um, and actually it was, it was, you know, pretty easy. Um, you know, like I said, just send the offer over and, you know, just hope and pray that they actually do sign it and they didn't have a lot of questions and all of that. It was, it was fairly simple. Interesting. Okay. So the next question, of course, on everybody's mind who's listening right now is how in the world did you sell that thing? Again, it was fairly easy. Um, through some of the classes that I've taken, I went ahead and um, took um, from my previous wholesale deals or what have you, I took and listed all of those um, telephone numbers that had contacted me previously, wanted to know when I got another deal, and text all of those clients. And I had someone contact me back who had a cash buyer and was ready to close on it. So literally, you just contacted your buyer's list and somebody popped up and said, yeah, I'll take it. Correct. <laughs> so it worked exactly like it was supposed to work, basically. Um, Correct. How much did you sell it for? Um, had it listed for there was twelve five. Mm-hmm. And did that did that include? Was that twelve five plus? Now the next person's going to pay over the back taxes, or was that twelve five total? That's twelve five, and they're paying the back taxes. Okay, so how much how much did you walk away from this first wholesale deal with? Thirty eight hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and was able to give um, the buyer of that property a little bit back because they used transactional funding, um, and they didn't estimate correctly. Nice, nice. So thirty eight hundred dollars on your first deal, which again, let me say, a lot of experienced investors <laughs> would have looked at and said, oh, there's just no, you know, no one's going to want this property. I'm not even going to bother with it. But, you know, $3,800 is usually a pretty good day for most people. Yes. <laughs> so congratulations on your best deal by a new investor win, Tansy. And uh, we uh, look forward to hearing about your adventures as a not new wholesaler next year. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Tansy. That's Tansy Mason Phillips, a real estate agent from Columbus, Ohio, who did her very first wholesale deal this year and uh, won the best deal by a new investor at Central Ohio Real Estate Entrepreneurs at our holiday meeting in December. We'll be back in a moment with uh, more great deals from real life investors. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's the best and worst deals of the year show, an annual program that we do here generally sometime around Christmas time because it is the time of year when the real estate associations throughout the country have their best and worst deals of the year contest. So they're really easy to find these folks because we just pick the people who won the contests. And our next guest is another, actually, best deal by a new investor winner. Uh, this is Jordan Wells, who won that prize in uh, Cincinnati at uh, the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati, RIA, sponsor, of course, of Real Life Real Estate Investing. She is also joining us by phone. Jordan, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, thank you. I'm Really excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you because um, a a lot of people, when they are new investors, 
think there's a certain pathway that they're going to take and it's it, it, many times it's I'm just going to wholesale 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 and I know that you have been open to in this first year of your real estate investing business you've been open to like if it's a deal I'm gonna figure out what to do with it <laughs> as opposed to yeah. it always has to be about wholesaling um, the other the other interesting piece of your story is you are not a full-time real estate investor no, I am not. I am actually a technology engineer, which is a fun way of saying I spend all day working on computers and keeping people's stuff going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So corporate America by day, uh, Wonder yes, Woman by corporate night. corporate America by day. Oh, yes. <laughs> I do slay real estate problems all night and weekend. <laughs> so so this deal that, that you won uh, Best Deal by a New Investor with, um, tell us a little bit about it. Like, what was it? Like 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 type of property area et cetera, and then how did you happen to find it? Uh, it was a property that was out in Middletown in a type two neighborhood, so definitely uh, perfect for rental. I found it from a list that I had bought on um, one of the list sites for absentee owners, so folks that were not companies that had properties that they was not their primary residence. And so I had sent out a bunch of letters, and this person had called me, and she said she had this property. They had it for a long time. The tenant had been in there for seven years. It had been wrecked. She told me straight off the bat that um, the tenant had done a lot of damage to it, and she was done. She just didn't want to deal with it, didn't want to fix it, didn't want to do anything with it, just wanted it off the book so she could go on her cruise for her birthday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So initially, in your initial conversation with the seller, what was she saying she wanted for the property? Initially, she wanted 15000 for the property, mm-hmm. and after taking a look at it and um, seeing all the things that it needed to get fixed and, and repaired, uh, I had come with an offer of 12000 to her, mm-hmm. and um, she didn't accept that initially, and we had some back and forth, and then we eventually settled on uh, 14000 with her paying all the closing costs and all fees. Mm-hmm. Very good. So your initial thought with this property was you were going to do a traditional wholesale deal. Oh, absolutely. Uh, first thought was this is going to be a great wholesale. Um, I will get an assignment fee of 5000 It was profitable even at the 19000 that I was um, going at it for, so on the contract for initially. Uh, so this was supposed to be a quick in and out and um, just normal vanilla wholesale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what happened instead? (laughs) Well, instead, uh, I had uh, a lot of folks that had actually messaged me when I started doing the marketing for the deal. A lot of folks said they wanted to do a lease option or uh, they wanted to rent it. All these kinds of uh, different stuff came out. And then uh, as we got closer, uh, we started finding more people saying, hey, you know, can I do you have financing? And we said, okay, well, we were getting close to the end and we hadn't found a buyer yet who was willing to buy at the price that we um, wanted. And um, we said, yes, you know, we'll go ahead and uh, do a land contract. So I would close on the deal myself from the seller and then I would offer owner financing to an investor or landlord that wanted to buy the property. Mm -hmm. Now that is a very interesting thought process for a new investor to have. Because most new investors, if they put a property under contract to wholesale, would almost literally not have noticed that so many people were saying, yes, I want it, but not the way you're offering it to me. <laughs> I want it 
I want it, but I need to be able to make payments on it. And they would have gotten down to the end of the contract and they would have panicked and they would have dumped it and not made any money. So the the fact that you were able to kind of have your eyes open to, oh, look at that. The, the market is telling me that there's this demand to do this other thing and then that you were able to execute it was right. was was it's why I voted for you for best deal of the year. I don't know why everybody else. I don't know why why everyone else did it, but um, that was that was like really kind of open minded for a, a new investor type of deal. So, uh, how much did you end up selling it for? I ended up selling it for twenty two thousand nine hundred uh, on a five year term with ten percent interest, mm-hmm. and I got five thousand dollars down, which was the wholesale that I had wanted to get in the first place. Yeah, now I, I did go to public school, so um, correct me if I'm wrong about this, but 22.9 is more than the 19 you were actually asking for the house to start with, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's about 20, 20% more. <laughs> so you got, you got the same amount of cash. Yes. You got more overall money, although you're, you're, you're taking it in payments now. And... Yes you're getting a 10% return on the cash that you did. And you, you, it's, it's actually more than 10% because you, you actually only have 9,000 in it. Right. But you're getting interest. Right. You're getting interest on 17,000. Yes. You're getting, right <laughs> you're getting 10% interest on 17,000. So the actual rate of return on the money you have invested is probably, I don't know. I went to public school. Can't do the math in my head. But it's it's enough. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> so I, I think there's a big lesson here for for newer investors not to go get overeducated and learn about every single solitary thing that you can possibly do in real estate before you make an offer, but rather to listen to what your market is saying to you. And if it if it's something different than sure, I'll just write you a check, go explore what the possibilities are of that, because you made more money that way. Oh, absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, congratulations on your win. Um, we do look forward to hearing more from you in the years to come. You won't you won't be here as a best deal by a new investor anymore because <laughs> you got past the hard Maybe one. Just be there for the best deal. That's right. <laughs> just be here as, as best deal. So uh, appreciate you being here, Jordan. Great. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. That's Jordan Wells from the Real Estate Investor Association of Greater Cincinnati. You can meet her at both meetings if you'd like, to, uh, most meetings. If you would like to attend a meeting, just go to CincinnatiRia.com and download your free guest pass. We'll be back with another winner right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's the best and worst deals of the year contest. And I guess this is this is the best deals edition because as we were <laughs> as we were uh going through our um our uh, list of winners of, of the best and worst deals of the year contest, there were so many good ones that we kind of we kind of don't have any of the worst deals of the year this year. Maybe we'll do that early next year because those are always fun. But the a lot of times the lessons are in the the good deals. Uh, my next guest is Mike Hamby from the Columbus area, who's a member of Central Ohio Real Estate Entrepreneurs, and in fact won the best deal of the year 
uh, this year, which was actually kind of kind of hard fought over. There were some, you know, there was a guy who made like a hundred and one thousand dollar retail profit in this category, and yet Mike came out the winner. So. Uh, Mike, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do in real life, how you got into real estate, all of that, all of that stuff. Hey, Vina, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, so I'm a full-time real estate agent. Uh, I work with investors, mainly looking for buy and holds, two to four units in apartments. Uh, I'm also a franchise owner at Homevestors, and that's where I do my personal investing in one to four single-family homes, <clears throat> one to four units. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so you are you are full-time in the business at this point. How long have you been doing it? Uh, I've been full-time for about a year now. I went full-time in uh, 2016, November. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, I uh, bought a couple of rental properties with my brother, and it kind of inspired me. You know, I asked myself, how could I do it full-time? And for me, that answer was, become a real estate agent Mm -hmm. Uh, so the real estate agency uh, I knew I wouldn't I wanted to work with investors it's just the way my mind works Uh, as far as the residential realtor I don't find myself connecting uh, with them on an emotional level Uh, but with investors you know talking numbers and budgets it made a lot of sense so with the real estate agency you know I was able to have a lot of transactions and working with very intelligent investors in the business and kind of learning from them uh, to where now I feel more and more confident to do my own investments. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, so congratulations on doing the thing that many, many people set out to do, which is make their living full-time in real estate. Um, Tell us about this deal that made the best deal of the year. Yeah, so... uh, this deal kind of came about from processes, you know, that I apply over and over again. Uh, so it started out, I had an intern working for me this summer, and I had him do a driving for dollars around the Old Town East Franklin Park area. Basically, we just looked for every house that, from the exterior, looked like it could use some maintenance or a little uh, TLC. So we wrote down all those addresses. Uh, they sent them to uh, my data company and got the mailing addresses. So from that point, uh, we sent all of them. I believe the first round was a letter. And then uh, I also got their numbers, and we would call them um, you know, weekly or, or whatever until we hit them all a few times. So uh, this particular house, the person called on, our letter and uh we just got to talking she had owned she owns a couple in the area um she was looking she bought them a few years ago and she was looking to get rid of the house so that she could take that liquidate the house and the cash so that she can invest in her insurance company that she's trying to start up uh so she gave me access to the house it was boarded up it was an up down duplex two bed, one bath per unit. And uh, I walked through, it was gutted down the studs. Uh, a lot of the insulation had fallen down, and you could tell some animals had broken in, so the place was a complete mess. Mm-hmm. But uh took pictures, uh, ran an analysis on a re- 
repair budget to kind of estimate the project. And um, I knew because of the location, you know, that had to be a good deal. And I uh, explored a few options. The, the first option I looked into was doing like an owner-occupant uh, FHA loan for me to move in myself and uh, do a two, 203K and have a contractor fix it up. And I'd rent out one unit. Uh, but when I looked into that option, um, you know, I had a repair budget of like 170000 uh, which I did find out was, was high. But the resale on the on the duplex would only have been like 220 230 So from that point, um, you know, I was talking to her and we were talking about what is her purchase price. And uh, we eventually got to 25000 would be her price. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even at that, you know, it wasn't quite a good deal for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when I called up one of the investors I work with, uh, Dustin Faith. And he's, he has a lot of experience in the business, and I explained the deal to him, and he's like, yeah, you know, your repair budget's a little high. I just did a duplex uh, renovation. It cost me 135000 So at that case, you know, you, you might have a pretty good deal here. But he said, you know, what if we converted it into a single-family home? Because it's an up-down duplex, it just kind of made more sense. And at that point, the resale value would be about two ninety, three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So from that, you know, we knew we had a slam dunk deal, so we went ahead, closed the the purchase contract with the seller. Uh, we bought cash, closed in like ten days. Uh, and then uh, talking to Dustin after we closed on it, you know. Uh, we decided to do a joint venture on this and partner with each other. But, you know, he was pretty busy with a, a few other projects going on. So we thought, why don't we just list it on the MLS, see what the market will pay for it. Mm-hmm. So we listed it at 70000 <clears throat> uh, looking for cash offers, just trying to sell it off to another investor to flip. Um, we estimated our repair budget to be about 120000 so... 70,000 purchase and 120 repair uh, would still be a good, a good deal for an investor uh, with the resale about 300,000. So um, we got a lot of attention on it. In the first week, you know, we probably had about six offers. It turned into highest and best situation. And uh, the winning bidder was pretty much just like, you know, what do we need to do to, for you guys to go with our offer? And, uh, you know, we told them close and, seven days no inspection contingency nothing you know cash is what it is and uh they they took it you know at eighty thousand. so so so, after so ten thousand more uh, than you even listed it for dustin and i uh we shared a net profit of forty eight thousand. nice nice now now this was this was a little bit different than a standard wholesale deal it sounds it sounds kind of like a wholesale deal because you got it as a shell and you sold it as a shell, but it exactly. it was a little different in a, in a couple of ways. Number one is you did do what is often called in the in the industry just a a little prehab, right? You you got it you got it you made it more attractive or at least easier for a buyer to figure out what they were looking at by cleaning everything out. Yeah, exactly. When we bought it. You know, the house was boarded up, so we threw a lockbox on the back door, and uh, we paid a crew, I think we spent $1,000 to clean up all the insulation and the 
animal feces that had kind of wrecked this house. Uh, and we also took off the boards on the second level uh, to, to provide more light for our pictures. You know, so it just kind of set it up uh, one step out of the rehabber's process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that was different than this than a, quote, typical wholesale deal is, yeah, closed it. That's that's the thing that a lot of wholesalers just, they try and avoid doing that, right? It's like, I just want to do contract yeah. assignments. How did you get the money to close? Um, well, in this case, you know, because of the you know, 25000 relatively low purchase price, uh, you know, we pulled out of our own pockets. We didn't feel like we needed to borrow money from anybody on that, especially with our intentions just to list it. But, uh, yeah, we, we knew if we took it to the market, put on the MLS, it's going to give us uh, reach to the maximum number of investors. More people looking at it means more offers for us and uh, ultimately more money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, a, if a brand new investor heard this and, and, and went, oh, well, I can't do that because I haven't got $25,000 to close the deal with, even if it would get me tens of thousands more dollars in the, on the back yeah. end, what would you say to them? Um, I would say a good, attractive deal, you know, the money will follow. And, you know, if, if we had that deal laid out, you know, it just it's only a matter of time for me to network and find the right person to, to loan the money. You know, maybe, maybe I do a longer purchase contract, more mm-hmm. like 30 days uh, before I close. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, problem solving, as soon as you have the deal, I think the money will, will come looking for you in a sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or in other words, stand up in front of your rear group and say, I need $25,000. And if you right. give it to me, I will split 48 with you and give you your 25 back and somebody will take you up on that. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a great deal for someone else and, and you as well. That's right. All right. Well, Mike, congratulations on your deal of the year win at Central Ohio Real Estate Entrepreneurs. We look forward to hearing more great things from you uh, in the future. Thanks for having me, Vina. Thanks, Mike. We'll be back with one more guest on the Best and Worst Deals of the Year show right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's the best and worst deals of the year show. Only this year, it's all best deals. We had so many great deals that we kind of had to leave the folks with the worst deals at home this year. Although we may pick them up after after the first. Uh, my last guest is actually a multi-time best deal of well best deals winner. She, you've actually heard her on this show two other times. Uh, because she keeps winning. She keeps winning either best deal or most creative deal at the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati, where she is the leader of the wholesaling focus group that meets on the first Wednesday of every month. You can find out more about that at CincinnatiRia.com. And you can see her at practically every meeting. Uh, and again, if you have not managed to attend a meeting yet, download a guest pass, CincinnatiRia.com. It is Michelle Clayton. And Michelle is a full-time mom and full-time real estate entrepreneur. And yes, I really meant that literally. Like she works like 80 hours a week between those two things. And uh, she is the winner this year of the most creative deal of the year. So welcome back, Michelle. Thank you very much. That sounded wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> You're yeah. I always I always love it when people like 
give my resume and I'm like, wow, I'm really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Sounds fantastic. (laughs) So, uh, this, this year your, your winning, uh, your winning deal was in the most creative deal of the year category, which those do usually turn out to be some sort of a creative finance type of deal as yours did. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about the, 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 uh, the property that you did this deal on. Sure. Um, this property, it is a single family home. It has four bedrooms and one bath. And uh, it is in Franklin, Ohio, which is actually a little bit far for me. It's just over half an hour um, if there's no traffic from where I live. And this particular house, um, the people ended up reaching out to me. I had some online advertising, and they filled out my web form, and I followed up with them. And... Basically, um, when I first talked to them, they were very motivated, and they basically told me on the phone within the first five minutes that I'd pretty much be willing to sell it for what I owe on it. Mm-hmm. And that's it, it's interesting. That has been a theme uh, this hour, <laughs> is that the sellers of the properties that turned out to be the best deals of the year were like, for the most part, super cooperative. <laughs> like they, mm-hmm. they weren't, they weren't um, thinking that their house was worth a fortune, which we're seeing, we're seeing more and more in the hot market, right? They've got a, mm-hmm. sellers who have a shell in an area that's kind of up and coming, but kind of not, and they think it's worth the same as the completely rehabbed property that just sold next door. Uh, they, 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 these sellers have all had in common that they're not super like attached to the property emotionally. And I think there's a lesson in there for listeners, and that yeah. and that is don't beat your head against the wall with these sellers who either don't really want to sell, or if they do want to sell, their price doesn't reflect that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so absolutely. So they said we'll sell it for what we have in it, and you said. Um, what time are you available today or tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, jump, jumped right on that. But but your your intention was not really to go out there and write them a cash offer for what they had in it, right? Uh, correct. Um, I did get more information on the phone, obviously, and I did all the research um, that I would typically do before going to the property. And um, based on everything that I figured out, the house all fixed up would be worth roughly $120,000. And um, at this point with their mortgage, they ended up owing, um, you know, when I ended up purchasing it, they, their total mortgage price balance was about $75,859. Um, so, and then as far as repairs, if we were going to do a full, you know, retail flip, it, the house would probably need about 20000 for a full retail flip. Um, so the numbers weren't terrible, but they weren't good enough for a wholesale deal. Um, and since they had said they'd be willing to sell it for what they owe, I already had in the back of my mind to ask them um, about, and I did ask them, you know, if they'd willing be willing to, sell with letting me take over their payments 
And sure enough, after looking at the house and talking with them, you know, that's what I asked for. And they just happily said, wow, I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) And were very open to it. It's funny. It's funny how different these conversations are in real life than they are in people's heads before they've done the deal, right? Because mm-hmm. in, in, yes. in the head of a new investor, they think you're going to say, would you let me take over your payment? And the seller's going to say, no, you can't do that. I don't want that. That's illegal. It will ruin my credit. And <laughs> none of which is true, by the way. Let me I should probably say that. Uh, and and yet with, with motivated sellers, their reaction is oftentimes what you just experienced, which is, oh, yeah, actually, that would solve my problem really cleanly. Because even if you pay me the $76,000 cash, I'm not getting any money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, you know, they had been, the house did need some repairs, but it was livable. And they had been working on it pretty much every weekend for who knows how long. And they were just fed up and ready to be done with it mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, fast forward, you took over their loan, which was, I assume, a fixed rate good interest rate, all of that sort of stuff, uh, yes, payments, yes. payments of how much a month? Um, the total payments were higher than I typically would be comfortable with, um, but there was enough equity in the house with all the numbers that I um, was willing to have it tighter. The total monthly payment was 1071 a month. Uh-huh. So that's mm-hmm. principal interest tax and insurance, everything. Correct. Okay. So so closing happens, and now what? Well, at that point, then, my intention was to find a lease option buyer that was interested in doing some work for equity because, like I said, it was livable. And, you know, if somebody's doing the work themselves, it would cost a lot less also. And then they can pick and choose what they want to do and when they want to do it. Um, so... I basically started advertising it exactly that way with lease option with some built-in sweat equity. I reduced the purchase price for that option down to 109900 uh-huh. to because if a person's doing it themselves, I figured it would be about a 10000 in work. And so I reduced it by 10000 so they could do the work themselves. And then also I reduced the rent. Um, the market rent would have been about 1200 a month, and I offered it at 1095 a month. Okay, so your cash flow on this property until such time as they fix it up and buy it is actually slim. It, yes. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the thing that I want to make sure folks understand is that the mortgage that you owe because you agreed to take over the payments is right around $76,000 and mm-hmm. the what they will owe you at the point at which they uh, go to their bank and get their own loan because they fixed up the property is 99000 right? Um, let's see. The Well, their purchase was 109900 and then they paid 3000 down. So their balance would be one hundred and six thousand nine hundred. Okay, so they will give you one hundred and six, and you will use that to pay off the underlying mortgage with it, which at that point won't be seventy six anymore. Correct. Yes. the 
the growing equity every month, you know, at the, starting at the time of purchase is $275 a month in equity paid down. And these mortgages are further advanced. So the equity pay down is growing at least $25 a month okay. um, beyond that. So 275 300 325 Sure, month. sure. So the, the, the lesson there being, even though you're not putting a lot of money in your pocket every month, you're putting a lot of money on the balance sheet every month. Correct. Now, mm-hmm. Michelle, we only have about a minute left, and there's one more thing that I wanted to make sure that you touched on, which was, uh, when did you make your first payment on that mortgage? <laughs> in my negotiations, I asked them if, I basically asked if they could make the first three payments, and I would make my, I purchased the house in the end of June, and I made my first payment in September. Mm-hmm. So even after you owned the house, the seller still made three more payments on it, and mm-hmm. that was because you held a gun to their head and threatened to kill them if they didn't, right? Nope. I just asked, and they <laughs> agreed. That's right. So big big lesson there. You, you have to ask, right? So... Michelle, we are out of time, but congratulations on your fourth win, I guess, in the Cincinnati uh, Best and Worst Deals of the Year contest. And we look forward to talking to you again next year. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you, Michelle. That is the end of our program. Hope you guys were inspired by these real life investors who made some uh, amazing deals this year and uh, took the lessons that needed to be taken there only deal with motivated sellers. Don't be afraid to ask for what you need. Make offers, get leads, pull the trigger, learn about creative finance strategies. It is all good stuff. And we will be back next week to put you with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. <music>